You're listening to Conversations of Inspiration with Ben Moore and Scott Gunn on the EXP podcast. The show that brings you expert insights from those who have had an exponential impact on their industries. They say that success leaves footprints. So take a walk with us as we explore all things growth, business and mindset every Monday from 7am. Sit back, relax and enjoy today's show. Three, two, one. Hello, mate. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm I'm happier now that June's coming to an end. <laughs> oh, mate. So it's it's the, is it June the 30th today, isn't it? It is last day of the month. Did you have any uh, hair raising moments? To be honest, overall, as stressful as it's been, it's been fairly smooth on the whole. Um, we had quite a few that was waiting on the June deadline and you kind of always expect that it's not going to go as well as what you hope, but we managed to get pretty much everything through yesterday, actually. So I've got nothing due to complete today. We did more or less everything on the 29th. So it wasn't without its stress and its dramas and coordinating key handovers yesterday was absolutely horrific. I don't know why, but I didn't have the foresight to think, well, you're going to be busy handing over keys and cards and bottles of champagne towards the end of the month so probably don't book any appointments or zoom calls or have any commitments on those days yet yesterday i'd booked a evaluation or two i had a couple of viewings a couple of calls that i'd committed to with some agents and i just thought i've made my life so much more difficult than it needs to be but it's a lesson yeah. learned and, and we got there in the end so i'm happy and i can now breathe a sigh of relief sit back have a couple of beers and a pizza tonight to celebrate so yeah no complaints from my side mate how have you found it all right, yeah, same as you, really. I, I managed to get um, every, every, everything that had a June sort of deadline on it got through one way or the other, with the, with the final one going this morning. So on a you know, simultaneous exchange and completion, so that's a bit of a touch. Um, so, yeah, and now return to normality, really, as of tomorrow or whatever normality looks like, who knows. Um, but, yeah, looking good. And I suppose the bank account now is starting to look a little bit more attractive as well, Ben, I would have thought. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> I think I've just, uh, though I've not had the formal confirmation, I think I hit the capping threshold this week as well. So oh, wicked. congratulations. So, cheers, mate. I'm uh, joining in a, a, a growing group of people, yourself included. So I'm happy to yeah. be wearing that cap. Um, but yeah, really exciting to know that, well, in my case, I'm not sure how your dates fall, but effectively anything that I complete on between now and I think it's November 1st, I'm going to get 100% of the revenue of lesser the transaction fee of £250. So that's quite interesting because it changes a £10,000 fee completion from netting 7K to earning 9750 yeah. So that's a game changer. So I'm going to try and fill my boots now before before the end of the year. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, when I capped, it put a little bit of, um, gave me a little bit of inspiration and motivation to try and just get a load of deals through in the next two or three months. Um, as you say, just to get a little bit more money in. It's uh, fantastic, mate. Well done. I think how many people, we've had quite a few people cap now, haven't we? I think it's sort of, um, well, I, I think, think it's slowly th going to become the norm this year towards the back end of this year. We should have a bunch of people do it, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we've had a few people come in and blow me and you out the water in terms of capping in the first, what, eight, nine, ten months, some yeah, people for, for crazy, a standing yeah. start, which is crazy. And yeah. um, I certainly wasn't doing those sorts of numbers in my first year. But then, you know, like you say, it gets towards the end of our second year of trade. Now the agents who started, you know, 
earlier or maybe halfway through 2020 after lockdown, they're starting to see the fruits of that pipeline really starting to kind of pay dividends. So yeah, I think you're dead right, mate, towards the end of the year and certainly into next year, it's going to be mega common. I think we're, I mean, don't quote me on this, we're approaching double figure agents uh, capping. Yeah, um, probably more because I'm guessing I can't be the only one who's had a surge of activity, you know, helped by the June deadline. So um, probably get clear figures on that next week. But either way, mate, it's exciting. And a lot of people earning a lot of money more than they ever yeah. would have, I guess, in, in any other world before today. So, yeah, over the moon. And it's great to see the success. And that's the strange thing is that this time last year, and we've got a topic for this video that we'll come to in a set, but the, it is interesting. This time last year, there was probably 15, 20 of us in a room talking about... Um, nervous agents just started their business all had a little pot of money to do that all sort of um on a bit of a wing and a prayer that it was going to be successful fast forward a year and we've got um you know a wealth manager coming in to spend time with us as agents to talk about how to invest sort of 20 grand in your pension here and you know 15 grand in some shares over there and a lot of estate agents me included having conversations that we're just not used to you know because well because frankly we've never had this amount of money sat in our bank accounts before and all of a sudden you're talking about how to manage wealth for the future which is just fantastic yeah and it's important to have those conversations because i know in that session um one question that one of our agents asked was well you know what's wrong with it just sitting in my bank i kind of like looking at you know a bank balance that's not in an overdraft to be honest with you there's nothing i need to buy so i'm happy to just let it sit there then obviously they break down exactly how that can depreciate over time. And, you know, you start getting into the realms of talking about like, you know, your tax and how your money's not working for you sat there. So um, that's definitely a session I need to revisit and a conversation that I need to have, because I think there's a massive gap in my own personal edu- education and confidence in what to do with the money because, yeah, I had, you know, that amount of, of cash spare before. So um, it's interesting. It's, it's a better problem to have than certainly what I had a couple of years ago when I was, stressing out about paying the mortgage so yeah i'm looking forward to kind of going into that next stage of my career and hopefully making some sensible decisions well they say there's sort of two considerations with money like two problems you get with money which is one you haven't got enough and one is what to do with what you've got and so you know a lot of people now here in part of our network are now got the second problem which is what to do with a vast amount of money that they're not used to having and so that's why talking to experts is always a good idea so yeah, maybe that's a that's a podcast for the future that mate will do one on wealth management and um, people can sort of chip in with their thoughts on that and how to make your money work for you. Hundred percent. I mean, it's a that'd be a great episode for me selfishly. It'd be good to be able to sit down in a little micro session like this and, and pick someone's brains who actually knows what they're talking about when it comes yeah. to when it comes oh, to man. growing well to that next bracket. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's enough about future episodes. Back to today's show, mate. So um, the topic of today's conversation on the undercurrent of what we're going to cover today is about overcoming the fear of video. And, you know, you shared a story just before we hit record then when we was kind of planning forward for some of the, the main sort of bits and pieces that we're going to cover in today's episode that you spoke to somebody in private behind the scenes who kind of made remarks to the fact that they really admire that me and you have been so bullish on video. And I think to coin the phrase that you said, they sort of said, well, I wish that I had the confidence to be able to do that. Um, and that's something that I hear quite a lot, speaking to new agents, speaking to existing agents. I think by this point, you know, mid stages 2021 in the content driven world that we're living, there can't be that many people listening now 
try and deny the power of video and the fact that if you utilize it properly, it can be such an asset for your business and growing your brand and driving things forward. Yet so many people struggle to take those initial steps because they feel a little bit scared. Um, so I think for me, well, I'm hoping at least this will be an open conversation that a lot of people can draw inspiration from and kind of put some demons to rest and hopefully get the foot on the ladder and start producing some consistent video content. Um, we touched on it briefly in other episodes in the past, Scott, but I think this is a conversation that we could probably do a two or three hour feature on, to be honest. So yeah, easy. Um, whilst we try, we'll try and condense it a bit, you know, beyond that sort of time scale. Um, I'd just be keen to kind of hear your relationship with video and how that's kind of developed over time, because you wasn't, you was a bit skeptical, I think, about doing video in the first instance when you first kicked your business off, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure if I was necessarily skeptical in, in terms of does it work? I think I felt like it would work. Um, I probably was a little bit camera shy, probably more camera shy than people would expect now, given I probably post a video five days out of seven online. Um, but also really just not knowing where to start, right? And it's it's funny how just not knowing where to start can hold you back from even the smallest tasks, can't it? And so um, I didn't really know where to start. And then I, I sort of took some basic tips from people and essentially was told, look, just go and do a video now. You know, if you don't go and do a video now, you're, you're not going to start tomorrow. So just go and start now. Um, you know, and I was always worried about, right, I won't do one today because I'm dressed a bit casual or I won't do one today because it's not sunny or I won't do one today because I'm a bit tired. There's always a reason. It was always going to be tomorrow. And then eventually I got encouraged just to post anything, just post, just talk into the microphone for like 30 seconds and post the video. And so I did that. And um, lo and behold, luckily for me, I got a bit of a touch from it and had a lead come through from the video straight away. Right. And that probably is a little bit like winning your first time you go to a casino, right? It's not necessarily how it's always going to work. Um, but it gave me a bit of confidence. And then I was, I was all in. Did you... Um... Did you build confidence from positive reinforcement, people engaging on your content and saying that was a great video or getting a certain amount of likes, kind of the vanity metrics that we encourage people to not cling on to too heavily? Did that help put wind in your sails or was the response from the audience in terms of engagement publicly almost irrelevant? And it was all about that result of have I got anything tangible from this from this effort? For, for me, mate, it was always about the result. I was never worried about how many likes or comments I've got. You know, I'd been fairly well convinced by people that it's quantity is a bit of a quality of its own when it comes to social media content and video. Um, and eventually, if you just keep, someone said to me, if you just keep chucking out enough videos, one will fly. So most won't, but one will fly. And that'll be the one that gets you a, a bit of attention and gets you some, some, some leads and some engagement. So much like, you know, with, if I go out door knocking or the prospecting, doesn't matter what I do. If I send a hundred letters and I get one reply, I'm a happy man. Like yeah. If I send a hundred letters, I get one call. I'm like, great. If I didn't send those hundred letters, I wouldn't have got that. I'm not necessarily one of those people that gets disappointed if you do something a few times and it doesn't pay off right away. Um, so for me, it was just a case of getting started and then being consistent with it and, and probably not overly worrying about the message because I don't, I don't even think necessarily the content is as important. I think it's just familiarity, isn't it, that people see you regularly. They, they start to get to know you, and then they feel confident reaching out is always my view. So with, with that said then, had you have not got that early win with someone kind of taking a call to action, reaching out, and ultimately you getting what you wanted from that effort, if it had been 
maybe six months or a year before you'd had that interaction and that tangible result from the effort. Do you think you would have stayed consistent with it and been able to build from it? Or do you reckon that if you'd have not got the win as quick as maybe what you did, you'd have quickly veered, gone the other way and, you know, maybe not? No, I don't know the answer to that because fortunately for me, I did. But that does seem to be quite consistent. I don't know about you, but, you know, I've spoke to agents that have reached out and said, oh, you know, where do I get started with video? And I've had sort of a one-on-one session and encouraged them, like somebody once encouraged me to get out there and do it. Um most of those people, maybe not on the first video, but they're nearly always impressed with the amount of engagement they get. And eventually, you know, they very quickly get into that and that gives them a bit of confidence. And when they become consistent with it, because they're enjoying the engagement, I mean, it's fun too. It can be fun too. It doesn't have to be a chore. Um, most of them seem to get quite, I, I think they get quite quick results personally. Are you seeing that with people you've talked into doing video? It's a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, I mean, I think... I think the beauty of it is, 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 you know, generally speaking, not many people do their version of perfection on the first video because it takes time. Like anything, it's like a muscle. You've got to train it, aren't you? The more you do it, the more you focus on it, the more confident you get, the more comfortable you feel. And that really shines through in your content, in the delivery and kind of how watchable that is and how people are going to absorb the value that you're giving. But the beauty of it is, is that once you've published the first video, that's probably the worst video you're ever going to do. So once you've hit send and no one's bit your head off and the world's, the world's still turning and you know, you're fine and you're happy, um, you know the next one's going to be probably 1% better and then the next yeah. one will be 1% better after that. So it's kind of like the only way is up in some respects whilst you're kind of learning your craft with it. And I think you just said a few minutes ago, like sometimes quantity can be a quality of itself. And, you know, I've been asked this question and I've seen this question asked publicly on forums, on social media and whatnot in the past in terms of what is most important. Is it quality or is it quantity? But I think whilst you want to make sure the videos are as good a quality as they possibly can be, I think the beauty is, is that quality is born out of quantity, right? So again, it's like a muscle. The more you do it, the better it gets. For me, the, the tragic thing is, is when someone does like a decent video, like, you know, it might not be about to be picked up by Channel 4 for a new, you know, daytime property TV program, but they've put out a decent effort, completely got the point across and held their own really, really well. Yet, I think sometimes they can go into self-sabotage mode and think, oh, well, I didn't get that result or, um, you know, the engagement wasn't what I hoped. So I still felt a bit stupid and they kind of check it back every two seconds to see if there's any bad feedback on there or whatever. And that almost kind of becomes a bit of a barrier to do it again. So I think, you know, whilst it's cliche, we say swallow the frog in terms of like, it's not going to be comfortable. You're not going to love it. It's probably not going to be the best that you're capable of doing. Um, once you've kind of worked for it a bit but just get the first one out and then try and build from that and I think yeah. like anything setting yourself those short-term milestones in terms of well you know I can I can't control how people are going to perceive this content I can't control whether or not I'm going to get the result I can't control whether or not it's going to get 100 likes or no likes but what I can control is, is, is pressing record, sitting in front of that camera and posting three times a week. So just yeah. focus on the metrics that you can control, be consistent, and then just let the chips fall where they may. Um, I say this about almost everything it feels like at the moment, but I think with video especially, try and fall in love with the process and just focus on doing the best that you can do and then worry about what happens after. I, I don't know about you, but more and more, I always find it interesting because people regularly say to me that they're nervous about doing video whether it be a new agent or someone who's been doing it a long time but resisted doing it and yet more and more when I then see their videos 
they're some of my favorite ones. So, I mean, first of all, it's just nothing better than when you help somebody overcome a fear and then you see them go and do it. That feels personally, I, I enjoy that. But secondly, you know, there's, there's some videos I've seen from, I mean, just to name check a few people, I'm sure you will. Dominic Murphy has done some great videos. I've known Dom for 22 years. He's definitely not jumping on camera, you know, very often. So he's, he's done that. He's posting videos all the time, whether it be of him playing squash or just strolling for his, his village and sandwich, but they're great. Um, they're, they're, he doesn't try and be polished. You know, he'll sort of, he's just humble and he's himself. And if you know Dom, he's exactly the same on screen as he is in real life. So his videos are great. Niha done a great video in Wimbledon, strolling down some beautiful um, like avenues in, in Wimbledon that were really eye-catching. But also, again, you know, Niha, I don't think, has got any experience in doing video and actually came across really, really well. And, and the same for Damien Pryor as well. All of these people who have never done, as far as I'm aware, video before. But I, I stopped and watched those videos, regardless of them being EXP agents. They caught my attention because they were, they were all quite natural they're all quite genuine, wasn't full of graphics and high kit. And it was just them being them. And, and for me, that's what I really liked is seeing people I knew on screen being themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, and I think there's so many examples of exactly that of people getting stuck in for the first time. And actually you're really surprised by just how natural and comfortable they come across now inside. Yeah. He might be absolutely bricking it walking through, you know, the, the, the village of sandwich and yeah. thinking, Oh, well, you know, I might feel like I'm a bit stupid. You might be a bit self-conscious, feel like people are looking at you, maybe in your own mind, you know, you've bubbled a little bit, you've, you've stumbled forward with it and just about got through and it was awful, but you know, the external perception looking at it, not through the creator's eyes, you know, it can be really endearing and, yeah, and that, 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 that's the, that's the other side of it, mate. And I think maybe I've been a bit of a contributor to this unintentionally in some ways, but obviously a lot of my content in the past, you know, mainly to do with um, property production has been quite polished, been yeah. quite finessed, been a professional edit. And that's because the whole vibe of what I was trying to get across for that particular piece of content was that we wanted to make it like a mini TV program around people's houses. But then I know that people have seen that and then kind of thought, well, I couldn't do that level of production as by the way, I can't do that level of production. That's why I pay Michael who's unbelievably talented to do it. It's way out of my circle of competence, but people see that and think, well, if Ben's doing it with a cameraman and you know, it looks like a TV show, how can I do it on my iPhone? And it's like, well, I think there's a place in the market for all types of content. There's something I'd argue even more endearing about a shaky hand walking around town on an iPhone than there is something that's got perfect seamless transitions and a nice little backtrack to it. So I think it just depends on, Really, it depends what you what exactly. Sorry, Ben. I think it exactly that. I think it depends on what you're trying to sell and what you're trying to achieve. And when you're showing you, maybe people want to see the real you. So actually, you in your messy kitchen at home, you know, with your kids hanging off your back. It was quite an endearing video, like you say, because you're getting to know that person's personality. Very different if you're in somebody's, you know, one and a half million pounds country mansion and you want to you're showing that off right they don't want to see you stammering and you know things like that so I do think it's I think from my point of view I think where I think agents can help themselves is coming overcoming the fear of being themselves on camera because actually it's probably easier to go on camera and be somebody else so you could argue that it's maybe easier to go on and show a house than it is to go on and, and show you right and actually show the real you and and whoever that is um but I think it's it's been really interesting seeing who's been brave enough to give it a go because it's not always the people that you expect. And I know they're getting great results. 
from talking to them. You know, they're becoming more familiar. People are starting to recognize them on social media. You know, we've lost count of how many agents. I know you've had it when you've been out and about socially and someone sort of said, um, oh, hey, I've seen your videos or whatever, you know, and it's always, it's always pleasant. And it's, you know, it's always um, reassuring when you get that. I mean, hey, so... Uh- I've gone. Sorry, Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, mate, like on that, just kind of whilst it springs into mind, just to kind of explain the actual power of video, um, because otherwise I'll forget to come back to this. So this was only, it was the week that we went down to Solihull. So when was that by this point? A couple of weeks ago. So earlier that week, I'd, uh, I was walking my dog down the beach. We cut off the promenade, went through a field and a woman was riding a horse. Long story short, this horse like kicked her off. This horse legged it, like nearly trampled us, like went straight past us to the main road. Thankfully, got stopped before it got to the road. Um, and this woman was left in a field, right? So I ran over with my dog and I'm trying to tend to her, make sure she's okay, reassure her. She couldn't move, like she was very confused and scared and shaking as you'd expect. So the first thing I do is ring a paramedic, like ambulance, get here as soon as you can. And uh, the paramedic came and she was like, oh, have I met you before? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't ring ambulances often. She was like, oh, you're that estate agent, aren't you? It's a very random situation, but just she'd seen the videos, right? And she kind of recognized And she tended to the person. Yeah, she, she, she saw the <laughs> I, I, yeah, she, I'm just <laughs> trying to work out how yeah. starstruck she was. Which order it went in. No, she <laughs> definitely looked after the patient first. I just I kind of hung around for about an hour after it just to make sure she was okay before I felt like I was getting under people's feet and I left. But uh, that happened. And then um, I went for my COVID jab. Again, the lady who gave me the, the, the vaccination was like, oh, I've not already done you. Is this your second job? I was like, no, no, it's the first one. She was like, oh, no, you're the guy who does the houses, the very nice houses. And then when we got back from Solihull, as you know, as you well know, my friend, because I sent you a picture, I ordered a Domino's pizza. And yeah. uh, the, the delivery guy came and was like, oh, you're that estate agent. And my missus was in the living room, like crying, laughing, like, oh, my God, like your head's going to explode. So just three very random, you know, situations that unfolded in one week. And then. But, but but brought into my sphere people who recognized who I was as a result of doing video. So for me, that just kind of shows, and anyone could do that. Like I'm not, you know, all I've done is been consistent and had the balls to share into local groups. So it's got local eyeballs on that content yeah. and anyone can almost do that. And, and if you think, you know, if I have a positive interaction and laugh and a joke with a lady who's given me the COVID jab after establishing that I'm an estate agent, you know, if, if she goes home or, you know, the following week, someone that she knows is selling the house, I'd like to think that my name's going to be at the forefront of her mind because of that interaction. And that kind of almost becomes them being brand ambassadors for you because you've built a personal connection, but it all starts yeah. from letting them learn about you in the first instance. And for me, that's just so powerful. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I've not quite reached your level of fame in my local area. <laughs> I don't know about and that, mate. It's- I think you probably now can't get involved in any road rage. You can't ever be rude to someone in a restaurant because you'll become the, uh, yeah, there'll be videos of you doing yeah. that. Like, look what I've seen him doing. Look how he conducts himself on the roads. Um, but you know, I've heard examples of people, you know, being stopped and it's just great. And it's that familiarity, isn't it? I think, I think that's what people are looking for when, when they, when, when you go to phone an estate agent, I think the first thing you think is, oh no, you know, where do I start? You know, and, and I can actually see that not only, not only can I imagine you being called out for evaluation off the basis of, of that, those interactions, but I can't imagine often you're going to be going out and competing with three or four others. I think you're going to become almost like, the choice before you're even called in well i mean that that that's the beauty mate and i think i might have you I, I get lost we speak that much at the minute scott it's like absolute scott overload i can't remember what we spoke about on camera and what we spoke about in private but 
there's there's a massive difference for me and and I can recall examples like specific examples of properties and clients where I've been called out as a matter of process because they've you know stumbled across one of my boards and just picked up the phone and called me because you know they happened to be walking past while they was thinking they needed an estate agent and the um the experience of being sat in that living room that conversation the rapport and ultimately the result is so different to what it is if it's somebody who's familiar with my content who follows our youtube or someone who's followed me on facebook for a while you're dead right in what you said it's almost like with the latter example where we've built that basis of familiarity it's almost like it's mine to lose whereas in the in the first example where they don't know me from adam it you know you're very much competing against you know two or three other agents or however many they've, they've brought out so totally changes the dynamic of the appointment changes the relationship and like i say it changes the result um the beauty of doing it in terms of building authority before you get in the living room is that the things that we perceive to be objections just literally couldn't be less important so you know fee being the obvious one a lot of agents think well my fee is dictated by the market that i'm in if my competitors are doing one thing that means i need to do and i need to do this thing if they're charging two grand there's no way i can charge five and we kind of let these external factors govern the actions that we take in the business that we build whereas in reality if you're just showing that value and building that rapport before you've even sat down with a custard cream with the customer you know they're happy to pay the right fee because they've already built the value for themselves and connected the dots in their own mind without you having to go around with a fancy pie chart or connect the dots for them and convince them that you are amazing because they've kind of already come to that conclusion and that's why you're there fantastic yeah good for you as well and i know i think when you first start people forget that it takes a consistency get to that level you know six nine months worth of consistently doing that content you'll get results quicker you get you could get results from your first video or it could take two or three but you'll get results quick but if you're consistent with video for a period of six to nine months you'll then get consistent results off the back of it and quite reliable results i would have thought um so what if if a new agent or somebody who's more established but never really done video ben what are the sort of immediate tips that spring to mind i think from from my point of view i'm 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 thinking more about video as in promoting my service and me rather than the technicalities of a property yeah yeah i think i think the first thing to recognize is that and I don't know if you'd vouch for this yourself, mate, or if this is like a cobweb that's now been blown off you because you've done a lot of videos by this point. But I certainly know that for me, I still do feel nervous. I get butterflies in my stomach when I know there's a camera on. Um, even right now, to having this conversation today, Scott, obviously there'll be people listening to this on audio only if they're just listening to via a podcast platform. But, you know, we record these conversations obviously on camera. And as soon as we do the countdown, then I hit record automatically. I feel tense a bit, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I tense up and I feel a bit nervous maybe the for the first couple of minutes of our chat because i'm very mindful there's a camera on but by this point what are we now scott are we about 20 minutes into this episode or something yeah and you're not thinking about it now i'm not thinking about it now because i've got i've eased into the conversation and i'm now comfortable speaking to you but when it first goes on it's like oh my god there's a camera on and you almost forget to be out how to be a human for a second yeah um i start talking like an old-fashioned football commentator (laughs) yeah (laughs) hello my name is scott gunn and i I remember thinking like the first few times i did video going where's that voice coming from and then i'd record it again and do exactly the same voice again i'm like have you got an on-camera voice? Like this is so embarrassing. Do you like, know what, mate? I, I actually think that I, my missus says this to me all the time. She's like, "You sound different on camera to what you do in reality," and that's not a conscious effort. I don't know if that's just some sort of like, I, I don't know what it is, but 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 
in any I think case, it's because do you remember that disastrous Phil Neville football commentary he did years ago? I don't know if you remember the, the first time he did football commentary. He'd been he was <laughs> so I love this. He was so nervous he'd listened to loads of old commentary. Right. So he <laughs> they'd sort of say, oh, how do you think the game's going? He'd go, I think it's going fine, John. What about you? Oh. <laughs> and he's like, he got back and listened back to it and just went, Why are you trying to sound like a football commentator? Just talk normally. And I think I was given a few tips that I found quite useful when I first started doing video. Um, one, one was something I remembered Chris Moyle was saying, um, okay, just for the sake of accuracy here, Chris Moyle said that Terry Wogan told him. So how right. about that? I told Terry Wogan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. We found the original. <laughs> Apparently, when, when you first start doing radio, you're sort of told to try and forget about the 6 million people listening or however many it is nowadays and just imagine you're talking to one person so that gave me a lot of help so when I first started doing video I used to look into the camera right into the lens I just used to imagine that I was explaining my service to my friend Malcolm so I would just you know almost imagine that he'd say oh hey Scott how's business going and I'd just go oh yeah great actually you know great cheers yeah we've sold seven this week done this done that and it just helped me relax a little bit to think that I'm talking to one person, not because necessarily, you know, anyone who li listens to your videos or watches them, they're all going to be doing it at different times. So technically speaking, you are probably only ever talking to a small audience any one time. It wasn't necessarily a nerves thing. It was just the fact that you just generally change how you communicate if you're talking to a big room versus if me and you were sitting having a coffee, you just change. So it was it was the idea that you would only talk into one person. So that was my number one sort of tip. That That's a great people. tip. That's a great Just tip. One person and one person only. Um, you tend to be a little bit more precise as well when you do that, rather than talk really, really generally. Um, probably my biggest one. I remember the first few videos I did, I'd do like genuinely 60, 70, 80 goes at it. Like it would take me 10 minutes to delete them after I was happy with one. And one of the biggest problems I had was I was either not happy with the beginning or not happy with the end, but the middle was nearly always fine because the beginning is uncomfortable. How do you start a video? So, hey, guys, apparently seems to be like the done thing on YouTube. You just hear yeah. it all the time. Everything my kids watch is, hey, guys, well, I just thought I'd drop a video. That's, that's another one. I just thought I'd drop a video. Um, and so one thing that really helped me was... I, I now, and I, I genuinely don't know if people have noticed this or not, but nine times out of 10 of my video, I say exactly the same thing at the beginning and exactly the same thing at the end. So almost every single one of my videos starts with, hey, my name's Scott Gunn. I'm a self-employed estate agent. I'm powered by EXP and operate from a shed in my back garden in Margate. And I say that every time. And now I've not even had to think about that to say that to you. It hopefully sounded quite natural. But it's, it's just a good, consistent intro that, first of all, build, builds a bit of familiarity with people who are watching your stuff. But secondly, if you, if you know how to start a video, and more importantly, how to end a video, the middle does tend to take care of itself. Yeah, it stops you from blubbing on with yourself because there's, there's definitely a point, especially where, I don't know, let's just say you get off today's podcast and you decide, okay, so today I'm going to talk about what, um, I don't know, uh, the experience of my first valuation as an exp agent was like let's just say it's very easy to start bumbling forward you're not reading from a script you read it you're speaking from the heart and suddenly yeah. what could have been a, a a one minute video could easily be a 15 minute video but kind of by identifying a bit of a cut point then having the confidence to think 
and now 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 I go into my outro. It just helps yeah. give you a bit of structure, I think, where it almost makes the the middle bit take care of itself slightly. And and the outro is really important, probably more important than the intro, because yeah. the amount of times I was happy with the intro, happy with the middle, and then messed up the outro and just had to start all over again. And it was often such a shame. Oh no, I've blown it right at the end because I didn't know how to end the video. So I just wrote down a line to open up with and a line to finish up with and let the middle take care of itself. And that really, really helped me with my video. As you've mentioned length then, so again, not necessarily thinking about the technicalities of a property tour, which I guess could vary the length. If you're doing a video where you're just trying to tell an audience a little something about you or something about your service, what, what sort of rules in your mind do you have about the length of those videos? Well, I think, you know, the rule of thumb, the sort of general guideline that we're given is, you know, try and make it a couple of minutes, get someone's attention. But actually, I kind of think and I feel like people's attention span is starting to broaden, but it depends on the context. So, you know, for example, Scott, these podcasts that we've done every episode, have we done an episode under an hour yet? If we have, it's not not much, yeah, not much. an hour or longer. So, you know, by I guess you I'm talking to you listening to the podcast now you're uh, a living, breathing, walking, talking example that long form content has got its place because you wouldn't be here, you know, 30, 40 minutes into a podcast recording. If it didn't, we would have lost you, you know, after the first two, two minutes, 30 seconds. But the likelihood is, and again, I'm still talking to you, Mr. or Mrs. Listener, is that you're here listening because we're either talking about a subject that you've got a fierce interest in, therefore we've got a buy-in because you're going to get something from it. Or second to that, me and Scott have built authority with you over a period of time where you respect our opinion or you just simply enjoy the chat. So either way, which one of those two things or a combination of both it might be, we've got your attention and we've earned the right to be having this conversation with you while you're out walking your dog or doing your cardio or washing the dishes or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, yeah, if we posted this 60-minute podcast to a raw audience, Scott, that had no education on us, maybe we wouldn't be getting the same sort of retention as what we yeah. are. Yeah. So, I think it depends. And, 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 and again, I try and eat my own cooking slightly when it comes to this. I always try to do a bit of a mix. So if it was going to be a, you know, here's three questions you need to ask an estate agent before you put your house on the market, I'll probably try and condense that fairly short because it could have a mass market appeal to anyone who's in that situation where they're currently yeah. speaking to estate agents. Now, not necessarily all those people will have known who I was at that point. So by keeping it a few minutes, you know, I, I'm probably going to retain their attention for long enough to get that kind of buy-in. Yet if I'm posting to my YouTube channel, and I'm doing a, you know, five things you need to know about EXP or, or whatever it might be. The likelihood is, is that if someone's seeking out my YouTube channel and clicking on that video, um, they're gonna they're gonna be there and able to. They're in the mindset of being in for a long stint of content. Yeah. If, if you imagine, if you jump on YouTube or pull a podcast, you're in the frame of mind where you're willing to have a session of absorbing content. Whereas if you jump on Instagram stories or Snapchat, you're probably looking for binge content, right? You're looking for like 15 seconds, a quick fix before you jump in your car or while you're waiting at the school gates or whatever else. So I think context is important, but I, I do think there's a place for for both. Yeah, depending on what your goal is for publishing that content and who you're trying to communicate to. Yeah, someone just walked into your cabin. I'm honestly you look terrified. Sorry. Are you okay, Scott? Scratch your nose if you need some help. <laughs> I've been listen. I'm really sorry, Ben. You clearly picked up on the fact that I've lost my concentration there for a moment. <laughs> I've, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've had the conversation with my wife that if I wave you away when I'm on a Zoom call. It's not me being rude. It's me trying to tell you off camera that 
I'm on a Zoom call. Go away. <laughs> yeah. And of all things, she's just been stood there with my lunch in the rain. So uh... what she was doing was very, very nice and very, very thoughtful. But I think she's now... Do you want to go and grab that sandwich, mate? Take a second. Be sure. <laughs> no, I'll just, I'll just apologise later. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I think... I think it, it's almost like... Um, so one of the... Pop, I don't know if you do this now when you buy a product, but I might be attracted by a 10-second video on Facebook now that might interest me in buying, I don't know, let's say a shark hoover, right? Shark hoover. So I see a 10-second video that attracts me, I ignore it. Another 10-second video that attracts me, I ignore it. That can happen three or four times. Eventually, you're looking for a hoover, you think, right, shark. And then we enter this world of watching like 45-minute unboxing videos on YouTube yeah. of someone, you know, some, a customer who bought one doing a long video about, right, this is how it works and this is yeah. great and this is plastic and this is built well and... I'll watch like a 45 minute video. I did it for this microphone. I've got my new microphone that hopefully is working really well. Um, you know, I, 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 I hope just so after to... last week's gut. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll take full blame for the audio last week. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, I think that's the thing, isn't it? So I think, I think it, you have to ask yourself what you're trying to achieve before you post a video. If you're just trying to achieve a little bit of familiarity and just to get your face out there and just, build up a little bit of authority i'll keep those videos very very short when it actually comes to convincing people to use you then it's probably good to have a little bit of longer form content out there as well but, but also sky it lowers the barrier to entry as well for people so like if you've never done a video before i'm guessing the prospect of jumping on a camera and doing a 15 20 minute stint or doing a five minute feature on a house even walking and talking talking about you know granite surfaces and parquet floorings probably feels quite daunting if you've not done that before but sitting in your office closing the door being in your own company having the confidence that you can record it a hundred times if you feel like you need to doing 60 seconds about you know how many houses were sold in thatcham last week um is a bit easier you've got your subject matter you can keep it condensed it doesn't need to be fancy no one's there to judge you it's just a little stint of content and you put it out and i think it's almost making the kind of shrink the the magnitude of the task in your own mind to realize that actually it is achievable. I brought down the barrier to entry. I can do 60 seconds talking about a subject that I know a lot about. Um, and then again, it's kind of like every video that you put out from that point is kind of a step forward. And maybe as a result of doing that, you captivate an audience, you know, people will learn about you, they'll discover you, people will follow. And then in six months time, when you're a bit more confident, if you're going to publish a 30 minute video to YouTube about the state of the market in, Glasgow or wherever yeah. you cover, then you're probably going to have the authority to attract a certain amount of followers from your Facebook page to your YouTube channel because they've already, you've already got a buy-in with that particular avatar um, and you just kind of build up in that way. You know, it doesn't need to be like a big, long, fancy, heavy stint of content if you're just kind of learning your craft. It's like we said before, you know, consistency breeds quality. Um, and I think however you can lower that, that barrier to enter in your own mind has got to be a good thing. Yeah, I agree. And and I think there's also a thing with your content in that the cream rises to the top anyway. So anything that's actually any good or that people like, which might not necessarily be what you think is going to be your best video or your best blog or whatever, you know, it can be it can be one that you're not even confident on sometimes yields the best results. And that that's why I say that that, that often tends to be the case in my experience. I don't uh, know if you find the same. 
it's, yeah and it, I mean I went through a stage of finding it quite frustrating but now it just means I just don't care I just keep posting stuff and what actually seems to happen is anything that doesn't get engagement just disappears into the sort of nether of the internet anyway and nobody will ever see it again and what gets traction gets seen by more people um so I think it's I think it's great from that point of view so in terms of some sort of um a few tips there so from from my point of view I would say look into the camera right into the lens so look into the lens is is actually quite important isn't it not that looking slightly off camera type huge, thing so huge don't huge. look at yourself on the screen cover the screen if you need to look right into the lens and talk to the audience secondly would be to have a good intro and a good outro and thirdly for me would be maybe just consider the length of the video and what you're trying to get across yeah um but with that in mind what sort of what sort of topics do you think? So specifically now for people that have maybe been, maybe looking at doing their first two or three videos, Ben, rather than, you know, I think I think once people get to four or five videos, they won't need our help anymore anyway. They'll be just off standing on their own two feet and we'll probably come up with ideas that I haven't even thought of. Um, but if somebody now is thinking, right, I want to get going, you know, two or three topics or ideas for video that can just help them get started. Yeah, well... What really helped me and, and what I found in the early stages was it was easier to speak from the heart about myself and my own story. I know this sounds really like wishy-washy, but effectively, especially if you're someone who's in the early stages of growing your business or if you're considering coming in for the first time, I think if you share that vulnerability with your audience, almost like you did, Scott, with that door knocking. Do you remember when you said that you hashed completely made a pig's ear of a door knock? Yeah. And then on the next one, you said, oh, look, you know, me and my partner, Vicky, have just set up an agency. Da, da, da. And it was kind of like allowing that vulnerability and not trying to beat your chest, pretending you're the best things in sliced bread. Almost yeah. made you more endearing. And it's the same on video. I'm confident from my own experience and from seeing other agents do it. Share a bit about your story. Just let people know who you are. And the, the greatest thing is, is that no one can do a better job of being Scott Gunn than Scott Gunn. Um, and the same for anyone listening. So I think um, telling your story is a great way to go. And I think that that is something that's likely to yield results and help you build authority and lay those foundations um, with your audience as you start to grow your channels. But also I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, kind of um, having direction in your video. So making sure that you're confident in what it is that you're going to be talking about. So for example, that could be uh, questions that, that sellers have asked you in the living room um, problems that buyers are having um, feedback you're getting from solicitors or mortgage advisors, things that you might've heard a million times as an estate agent, you almost take for granted. Um, you know, how big of an issue or an obstacle or how big of a question or an unknown quantity that could be for someone on the outside looking in who doesn't work in this space. Um, things like, you know, should I put my house on the market before I start viewing houses? Um, what do I do if I want to get a mortgage? You know, it's these things that people don't deal with every day or even every decade in some cases. So I think that those little, I call it like the low hanging fruit of content there's no better source of content inspiration than your audience because those are the people that you're trying to help and communicate with. So if you've had, you know, the same question come up across five valuations this month, then that tells you that if five people have cared enough to ask you in an appointment, there's probably going to be another 5,000 in your market that are wondering the same thing. Yep. So what better, it's kind of on the job market research. So that kind of takes the, um, almost the planning and the guesswork out of it for you because you're hearing it from the horse's mouth and you know that that's what your audience yeah. wants to know. Well, that's, uh, that's what we do when we're thinking about topics for you and I to talk about, right? We, we, we talk about what would a new agent 
be interested to hear about what would existing agents be interested to hear about and we'll often come up with you know so the reason we're doing ones down video is because you and i've been asked by two or three people in the past specifically how can i get on exactly video and- exactly and then this 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 podcast is very much us eating our own cooking when it comes to that methodology i guess in terms of don't overcomplicate it because if you wanted to sit in a room now scott as we could do and think oh well you know what we're going to talk about you can kind of go back and forth and almost over engineer what could be a very simple answer and it's like well actually yeah. let me just let them just have a quick look from my whatsapps what what, what have estate agents asked for this week <laughs> do you know what i mean and suddenly it's like there, there's your content <laughs> and and it really is that easy and and <laughs> again just if you get a, if you get a good idea just go with it and do it if you think oh people don't don't brainstorm it think well what's the perfect question that you know it just get on with it just if you think next week like i've got a, a friend of mine's a surveyor and he says oh i see your videos on linkedin I, I don't really know what to do on videos i'm like do one on on the basics of how to spot damp you know yeah. it's 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 not an interesting topic to 99 of the people but it's an interesting topic to your audience which will yeah. be other surveyors and people buying and selling houses and estate agents that let's be honest most of us don't know much structurally we're not trained in that and i said to him look we'll get an empty house i'll take you down the empty house and one of the things i thought as an agent it'll benefit me i said it benefit me we'll do a video and we'll walk around the house and you talk me through what you do on a survey and we'll break it down to 10 one minute videos and you can yeah. talk about how to look at ridge tiles and spot, you know, a dodgy roof or the gutterings leaking or drains are blocked or whatever it might be. And again, it's not thrilling content for most people, but it is at the right time. And I think that's the other thing. I think that when, when you, this is the benefit of posting lots of videos is with just by mistake, you'll end up covering all the different people at all the different stages. Like some people, it's just a bit of familiarity. They just want to see you. Oh yeah, you're Ben. Yeah, the one with the beard or whatever, you know, I know you get that a lot. And eventually they feel like they know you yeah. even before they do. I mean, those people feel like they knew you. Those people that you're talking about that approached you felt comfortable enough to and, approach you. Yeah, and it's the same it's the same with estate agents. You know, I, I had a chat with, it, it, there's so many parallels between what we're doing in our businesses today in terms of helping growth and mentor as it was when we was just kind of 100% all in on estate agency yeah. works on both sides of the coin, put ourselves out there on LinkedIn, making podcasts like this, you know, I could jump on a call tomorrow with probably anyone listening to this podcast. Now, whether or not we spoke in the past or not is irrelevant. And we can almost pick up that conversation like friends, because we've built a rapport through the medium of content Yeah, and you know, just what, what, what a great thing, what a great tool that is to have as a business owner. And, and, and don't you think that if you've seen somebody's videos, you know, we'll take Dominic because he's a new agent. He's doing a lot of videos recently. But if I lived in Sandwich, because he's posting videos, forget what I think about the videos. doesn't matter. Just because he's posting videos, I feel more comfortable approaching him because he's saying, I'm, you're welcome to contact me. You know, people, yeah. don't, people don't publish loads of videos and then get cross when people reach out. It's you're inviting conversations, aren't you? So you're actually inviting an audience to interact with you, which is great. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. It kind of, um, you know, whenever two strangers meet or speak for the first time, there's always that you know, degree of ice that needs breaking. And and it's a great way to, to break ice at scale without realizing that you're doing it. So yeah. it does just make for a smoother transition and a, just a nicer conversation because 
like I say, people are already comfortable with you. They know how you operate. I'll have people asking me about Esme, about the school run, because I've, because I've shared those things over time. I yeah. don't know what they've seen. It might be a video that they watched four months ago, but maybe I said something in that video that's stuck in their mind. So later down the line, it just makes that conversation so much more uh, natural and, and easier. It's like speaking to friends rather than speaking to strangers that you've not met whether that be a client or whether that be any state agent considering coming into exp so yeah it's it's incredible mate in fact the more we talk about it the more i'm just asking myself why is everyone not doing this <laughs> it's just so well, powerful. and and i do feel i feel as if we've got a, a relatively short window and I, when i say short window, i don't know if it's a year two years three years before everyone's at it so now i still believe now is there's still a massive opportunity for people to still be sort of the trailblazers in their local area and don't worry if somebody's doing video bigger and better than you are in your local area either you're not trying to take all the business you know that again that's the thing isn't it that person's not going to sweep up all the business there's room for a few people to be doing this but i also don't think i don't think the corporates can keep up with with this i think that right now you know the way we work as personal sort of estate agents I think we can post video because people are interested in us as individuals, but the corporates yeah. won't be able to keep pace with this because the corporates can't post corporate videos. You know, some, someone in my area did a thing when, you know, they were clapping for carers, which was a great thing, but they showed all 250 of their agents like in 30 second stints of clapping. And it was so see-through that yeah. it was a corporate video that yeah. it, I think it backfired. Whereas, you know, again, what do you do if you run a corporate right now and you've got someone in your office that starts doing too much video, you almost have to rein them in because they're going to come better known than you are. And then they're going to bugger off and do it on their own. So I don't think the corporates can keep pace with us individual agents doing it. So that's why I would say right now, even if you're not doing video and you're not convinced you're missing a trick, if you're nervous, frankly, you just need to get over that. And the only way to get over it is to do it. You know, you're right. You're right. And it's a, there's nothing, um, there's no better way to, to improve. And again, I can't say make those fears disappear because I've even just openly said now, Scott, after by this point, thousands of videos in, I still get the butterflies in my stomach when the camera goes on. I don't know if that ever completely goes away, but one thing that you do get with experience is you get better at handling situations, whatever it is in life. And you get better with handling that fear to the point where you can ease into a podcast and have an open conversation rather than feeling on the, on the edge of your seat all the way through it. And it's the same for anyone listening, looking at creating content for their business. Um, but yeah, it's just such a fantastic window. And I know that you mentioned before, uh, this was definitely before we hit record, you know, tell the story about the pub that's gone from strength to strength for making a small change. Oh, yeah, to the, 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 the pub in my local area, the, the only thing they've changed is they've taken their curtains down on their windows and now the pub's full. So, so yeah, just give uh, passers-by access. <laughs> just give, people can now have a look in and just think, is that the sort of environment I want to go into? And essentially, that's what video is doing to your clients and your audience. It's, it's giving people a good idea before they've even got in touch with you. I mean, bearing in mind when you call someone else, you know, when you call most other estate agents for evaluation, you get a name of who's coming, but you don't know who it is. That's completely different to reaching out to Ben, you know, the one with the beard who I've seen loads of videos for. And I can see he's got, you know, 75 mutual friends. And, and one of them's my old best mate who's go to school with, you know, it's just completely different. So, you know, I would urge anyone right now, if, if you're not doing video, then I'll tell you when you do it, you do it today. 
yeah, yeah it's just the only advice i can give you tomorrow's too late just go and do it today and once you've done it and it's posted just keep it up and move on and do another one the day after tomorrow and just keep doing it every few days post a video and if you want sort of some idea on a hook you know i think you said the idea of a jab jab punch technique isn't it which is a bit of an idea of mixing up your content because i always feel like it's really important to tell people every now and then why you're posting the content oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 100%. i want houses to sell it's no good being the guy that posts 300 videos over a year and doesn't actually ask for anything so no d- definitely mate 100 percent. every it's, fourth or fifth video what do you think just remind people of what you're looking for and be quite there's, a, there's absolutely yeah there's absolutely no harm and, and to be honest it's ask yourself if you weren't the right you know, it's kind yeah. of like when, well, with anything, you know, we're talking about direct mail. I was speaking to an agent who was getting a bit disappointed because he's not had any uh, results from direct mail yet. And I said, okay, well, how many times have you wrote to the client? Oh, once. Right. What did you say? Oh, well, you've not given any value. You've not built any rapport. You've not, you've not earned the right for that client to call you yet to give you the business. Yeah. If they choose to, that's amazing. Like, you know, take it and run, but have a lot. Yeah. Same yeah. with your videos. You know, if you're just jumping on Monday to Friday, every single day, saying. Hey guys, uh, click here for evaluation. I'd love to sell your house. I'm a great estate agent in Sheffield <laughs> or wherever yeah. you are. You've given no one any inspiration or reason to kind of reach out to you. But if you do that, like you said, you know, every now and then you kind of sprinkle that in amongst value, amongst entertaining, amongst building connection, amongst educating, you know, whatever it is that you're going to be doing you know, you can get away with doing that because you've earned the right. Yeah. I've given you something. Now I'm asking for something in return. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I think, well, no, no, I think it's a vital part of it as well. Yeah. So you just need to let people know what it is you're after, which is houses to sell. Just every now and then, just every fourth or fifth video, once a week, once every other week. It doesn't have to be overkill. But every now and then, just tell people, hey, you know, I'm really low on stock. I'm low on houses to sell. Everything's sold. Yeah, I need more. I need more, you know, and it, that message will sink in as well. And then people know it'll help you grow your business um, and your network will help you for sure. We've seen it too many times to think it wouldn't happen for everyone. So absolutely. And what, one thing very quickly, Scott, before we grow up, uh, before, before we grow up, before we wrap up, <laughs> we might grow up eventually. Then. <laughs> Maybe um, just to kind of while we're on the, 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 the topic of mixing up your content and kind of dropping in messages and things. Um, I know that I've said this previously, but just for the benefit of, of maybe people who didn't catch up on this episode, um, I always think of content as, as like a dartboard in that your business and your message is, is right at the middle in the bullseye. And if you just imagine different rings kind of expanding out from that bullseye and a different client, depending on where they're up to in their life cycle, is going to be at a different point and different messages and different content, different subjects yep. are going to resonate with different clients, depending on where they're up to in terms of their decision-making process. So, you know, we, we see a lot when we kind of comes to content ideas, you know, a lot of people talk about, well, you know, talk through the market, how many houses have sold locally, but that's all good content. But if you imagine if you're doing a video, let's just say on, um, one thing you should ask an estate agent, if you're 18 months away from needing an estate agent, you're not going to watch that video yet. You yep. might tune into something more general, a behind the scenes clip, you know, something that's less to the pain point, just depending on where you're up to in your own headspace. So yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer when it comes to content ideas. I think it's just mix it up and, you know, just, just be yourself at the core of it is, is the best way you can bring people into your funnel. Just make as many people in your area know who you are and what you do. And that's probably a success in itself, isn't it, really? If they like you and they know what you do and what you want, that's going to help. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I hope I hope this has helped a few people get over their 
maybe their fear of video but even if you take the word fear out just to give a few a few sort of tips to people that they can use and it'd be really interesting to hear if anybody um has got any other tips that we can share with people or if they get any successes based on you know adopting any of the techniques we've talked about absolutely absolutely we're always learning brilliant all right scott you enjoyed that chat mate yeah me too good man thank you see you soon mate bye-bye yeah ta-da